internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Oh, you know, a little tired, I guess. But yeah. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, I'm gonna... A little bit of the seasonal stuffies. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, nothing nothing gets my uh my goat going. I don't think that's it. Is that? <laughs> I don't think people talk about how I uh, really got my goat going. I think got my goat to talk about idioms <laughs> is normally a bad thing, which I assume it's because like a troll came along and stro- stole your goat, and you're like, oh, I'm mad. Uh, but maybe gets me going or gets my engine going. Okay. Yeah, because I also don't think anyone's ever said, oh, that really got my engine in a mad way. But I liked the combination. Nothing gets me fired up. How about that one? How about that one? That one's fine. I'll I'll accept that. I'm still taking notes on goat though. Notes like on it. goat. Goat notes. Um, <laughs> because it's Max Fun Drive. That's what we didn't get. To. It's oh, Max Fun yes. Drive. Yes, yes, it's Max Fun Drive week one, and many would argue that's the first week of Max Fun Drive. Um, and what is Max what's the Fun- other argument that it's not the not first week? Of that, what uh, some people would call it the penultimate week. And then the ultimate week is the oh, second. Oh, yeah. okay. See, you could also say that the first week is the second to last week of Max Fun Drive. How else could you say it? Uh, you could also say that it is the primary week. You could say it's the warm up week. You mm-hmm, could say mm-hmm. it's the starter week. Uh, you could say it's the opening act. Uh, you could say this here's the week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I ran out. Um, so Max Fun Drive, uh, to put it short and sweet, is the once a year, two week period where uh, we Max Fun hosts come to you and ask you to consider supporting the art and artists you love by going to maximumfun.org slash join and pledging a monthly support level that is right for you. You can start as low as $5 a month, and then that money, uh, 70% of it, goes directly to the podcasters and podcasts that you love and support and want to continue to exist. The rest of it goes to Max Fun so that they can continue to exist and keep their lights on, and but literally keep their lights on and pay their staff and all that stuff, and you get rewards Starting at just $5, you're going to get access to over 350 hours of bonus content. That's what I'm here for. The BOCO. You you love that BOCO. Uh, It's audio and video and stuff from each show from every year we've ever done a Max Fun Drive. This year, our Schmanners bonus episode is all about time travel etiquette. And so if you've ever thought, I want to hear Travis's thoughts not only on time travel movies, but also on the theoretical possibility of time travel and how he thinks time works, oh boy, howdy, have I got a treat for you. MaximumFun.org forward slash join. And because it is Max Fun Drive, we thought we would kick it off with some of our favorite uh, uh, of the episodes, Idioms. Rumor has it, this is Idiom episode 10. Oh, can we call it Idiom X? Okay. Idiom X. That's X, the new- Idiom X stream. They just announced the new Fast and Furious movie, and it's called Fast X. So that's what got me thinking about it, which oh, yeah. to me sounds a little bit like a laxative, but that's just me. Like Gas X. Oh, yeah. no. Like Fast X. Having problems? Try Fast X. Okay. What's our first one, my love? This one 
is part of the collection that Alex has been keeping tabs on in her phone since 2018. Oh, okay. Even Keel. Okay, so even keel means like uh, you're going to, uh, the hardest part of idioms is always trying to summarize an idiom without using an idiom. Exactly. Because I almost said like you're gonna stay on the straight and narrow. But even keel means like you're gonna stay focused, you're going to be on good behavior, you're gonna keep moving, uh, like moving the project forward or be responsible. Basically it's like they did a good job, right? They kept the thing on an even keel. It has to do with stability, Yeah. right? There we go. So calm and stable. Um, and here's the thing. A keel is a real thing. It's a thing, yeah. a boat thing. Uh, so it's the bottom supporting structure that keeps the vessel level, right? When it's afloat. Yes. Um, so there's it's like a, the point. If you picture like yeah. that, you know, there's like a point at the bottom of the boat, right? Where it like connects together in the middle at the bottom. That's the keel. Right. Uh, and it must be even uh, and not wavy because that doesn't do its job, right? It's got to well, be yeah, even okay. so that it keeps the boat steady. Uh, it also is where the term keel haul comes from. And that's a little bit of a darker pirate thing. But So I don't need to go into it. But if you like dark pirate stuff and you're like, I want to see a gruesome pirate thing, you can look up keel hall. But don't do it if you don't want to see gruesome pirate stuff. I can't warn you enough. Oh, boy. That's, uh, you know, that's not cryptic enough. Oh, no. Please be more cryptic. Oh, maybe it has to do with birds. No, stop (laughs) it. Okay. The, The next one. I have always, I've never thought about it, but I've. I use this one a lot. Hissy face, right? And I are you are you looking at the notes? Yeah, you never look at the notes. I know, but I've decided to really care on Max Fun Drive. So hissy fit, right? I thought that this was, uh, like maybe I don't. I didn't think it was a McElroy thing only, but I did think it was very regional, right? Like I is hissy fit as universal? I don't know. But no, I mean, I have definitely heard hissy fit on movies and TV. Okay, so it's like throwing a tantrum, right? Yeah, um, it's possible that it is a shortening of the phrase hysterical, which I do not like. Yeah. But it also, many etymologists think that it could also be very literal hissing, mm-hmm. like a cat would hiss. Um, and so maybe, maybe that's why there's what they're doing when they are so mad and upset in the way a cat would. Hysterical is the very outdated term that like people used. I know that it's like they used for like women who are quote unquote acting up, but wasn't it like literally like, well, I believe their uterus is moving around their body and it's making them hysterical. Is that right? Yes. So the ancient Greeks um, believed that the uterus was not like, I mean, they didn't understand bodies. Okay. Uh, so, like, the organ of the uterus, the womb, was thought to migrate throughout yeah, the body. just bounce around. Just kind of move around uh, according to her whims. And uh-huh. so, when she was hysterical, it was out of place. Okay. And, man, you know, listen, not to dip into Savon's territory, but there must have been people during that time that were like, I don't think that's it, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> because there's no way everyone went, mm, yes, that's it, yes, absolutely. Okay, what's the next one? Uh, 
is going whole hog or whole ham. Or John Ham. Now, this is from JG. I've never heard whole ham, but whole hog is like going all the way as as like lavish or uh, to, to, I don't want to say to the extreme because I always think of it as like, uh, we're going to be as, uh, you know, like we're going to spend a bunch of money or going to go to uh, extreme measures to make this party a success or whatever, right? There's a certain lavish quality to it. I mean, I'm sure that there is. I, I mean, definitely. Yes, there is a very lavish quality to it, but I also think it is about to the limit, right? So sure, you yeah. are you are doing everything as far as it possibly can be taken, Right. Because if you're going whole hog, you are using quite literally every piece of the pig. Right. Oh, okay. In a very butcher type term. Um, And nowadays, butchers don't use every single piece like hooves are often just tossed at this point. But they used to even use the hooves to boil for jelly and things like that. So, like, when you do that, you can go all the way to its limit. Snout um, to tail. And I have also never heard go ham, but I mean, I think that that's just... No, I've heard go ham. Okay. I've heard go ham is like, people will say like they went wild or like, did you... Uh, I always, for some reason, think about it in, tor- in terms of like sports, where it's just like mm. that player just like lit up and was just like on it and like was all over. They went, you know, they went ham on it and like went wild on it kind of thing. Well, so does that does that connotation mean that they they did everything that they possibly could to the limit? Is that what that means? Or does go ham mean uh, some kind of like chaotic quality? See, I always thought it the same terms of if someone said they went hog wild. Right. Of just like, but okay, here's the way here's here's an example I would use that I think uh connotatively perfectly sums up what I think of when going ham. It's like if you see in like a superhero or action movie or something, right? Uh a scene where like the good guy is being faced with these insurmountable number of bad guys, and it's just like, all right, let's turn it up. And like everything they do is like perfectly orchestrated and choreographed and like they're firing all, all cylinders using every like tool at their disposal to like defeat every bad guy in front of them. Okay, and so taking it to its absolute limit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I but I usually my connotation usually has to do with like some kind of physical uh exertion, sports okay. or uh you know fighting or something like that. I don't know that I'd ever be like, oh man, today I'm gonna bake some bread and go ham on that bread. Like, I think I would do that if I was being, you know, funny. Okay. I guess if I baked like 27 loaves or something, I'd be like, you went ham, you went ham on bread today. Okay. Are you, are you okay? Sure, sure. Bacon and ham on bread today, delicious. Hey, hey you put bacon on ham today. <laughs> I'm worried about you. That's too much. Speaking of going ham, you could go ham with your support for Max Fun Drive. You could really just go Take it whole to hog. its limit. Yeah. So stop your hissy fit and go ham whole hog in your support of the podcast you love. I don't actually think you're having a hissy fit. I'm so sorry I said that. I was just, don't worry about it. Maximumfun.org forward slash join. Here's how it works. Let me tell you, friends, you might be sitting there thinking, 
Ah, five dollars a month. That's all I can do. Uh, I feel bad. It's not even worth it. They don't even care. One, we do. We do very much care because what I love about the Max Fun model is it's about the show, right? And it's about uh, the listener. And we do advertisements. You've heard them on most, if not all, Max, you know, McElroy, Max Fun shows. But the focus is on the network and the focus is on the listener and the focus is on the show, right? Like Max Fun would not exist if it weren't for Max Fun supporters. And so it really makes it a, a much more uh, connected kind of organization where we are, you know, we do the show because we know you like it. You know, and we got two kids and stuff comes up. Kids get sick. Um, it's hard to schedule naps sometimes. It's hard to find time to record. But we know that this show matters to people because of support you've shown us throughout past Max Fund Drive. And uh, we have been able to do things like bring in Alex as our researcher so that the show uh, can be prepped and ready on time. We brought in Rachel, uh, Rachel Jacobs, to help us edit the show and get it out there on time. All of this stuff because of support from listeners like you. Uh, and so every little bit helps. Every every supporter helps. And it just it means a lot to us and to the network and to uh, I don't know, Jesus. So no. go to <laughs> MaximumFun.org slash join. Choose the level that's right for you. So I already said $5 a month is going to get you access to over 350 hours of bonus content, audio and video from all Max Fun shows from every Max Fun drive we've ever done. Now at $10 a month, you're going to get access to that bonus content. You're going to get a Max Fun membership card and you're going to get to choose a beautiful show-specific patch from every show on the network designed by Merit Bondaroo uh, so you can show off your favorite uh, Max Fun show. And I'll tell you this, uh, I just saw this confirmed on, uh, the, I believe it's called Twitter, uh, Max Fun was talking about, at the end of the drive, if you want to buy more patches, you can. Let so, me describe our patch to you. Please do. Um, so it is round. It is small. Uh-huh. Like most of the patches. But our patch, our patch has the word schmanners in it. That's so how you can tell. Yeah. Surrounded by some intricate vine oh, it's design. Beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? I it, it is it is Ivy esque and hidden, not not quite so hidden, but artfully designed and hiddenly is a dove and a deer. For you and me, my love. I love that very much. Now, I am worried that we're skewing a little bit into Home Shopping Network territory. Listen, man, there's only about 20 of these left, man, so you need to call <laughs> that number at the bottom of the screen. Don't want to run out of these. I don't know why I went to the knife show one. Yeah, um, I don't know. And now, at $20 a month, you're going to get the patch of your choice, the Max Fund membership card, and the bonus content. And you'll get to choose between either a beautifully embroidered hat with the embroidered Max Fund rocket logo or a Max Fund creativity pack that will help you get into the creative headspace and live your life to the fullest or at least, you know, a little more creatively. Um, artist and Max Funster Ellen Vandermind illustrated a beautiful deck of 54 cards in the Max Fun Inspiration deck. Each one has an activity suggestion from your favorite host or pals at Max Fun. 
designed to inspire you to enjoy friends, nature, food, you time, making some art, and other kinds of fun. Uh, the kit also has a set of three postcards, a piece of non-hardening modeling clay, and a custom black wing pencil to encourage you to make your thing. There's other levels too, uh, but you know maybe one of those sounds right to you, or maybe you've been a Max Fun supporter for a while now and you're ready to increase your membership and go up to the next level. We would appreciate that too. Or you can just boost your membership, add a little bit extra on there without making it all the way up to the next level. We appreciate that as well. All of that means uh, a lot to us and to Max Fun. So go to maximumfun.org slash join. Okay, what's the next one, Teresa? A pop, as in 50 bucks a pop. Okay, this one has to be about soda. Okay, wait, hold on. So a pop is like each, right? So if you said 50 bucks a pop, it means 50 bucks each, right? It's got it's got to be about soda, right? It's got to be soda. This was submitted by Daisy B., um, and how much it costs for an individual unit of something, right? No one, no one really seems quite sure. It definitely existed before soda pop. What? Yes. Uh, but it it was just a shortening of the word a piece, right? So it was. It's just a slang kind of nuance to the word a piece because the p is very plosive a piece a pop you just extend the plosiveness okay i'm mad at old-timey people that it's not about <laughs> soda pop i feel a burning anger in my heart i feel like they let me down i feel like it is about soda pop and they won't admit it <laughs> No, it happened way before carbonated drinks. Okay, now this one, this one is so common and also I think such a like common bit in like cartoons and stuff and it's everything but the kitchen sink, right? And it means like basically everything they could think of, right? Or something like that. Uh, so Paul uh, sent this one in, Paul S. And I think that, that the most important part to stress is it's not just about everything you can think of. It is about pointing out the redundancy, right? Of everything and everything else, right? It's yeah. just, that's the way that the, the idiom expresses the extent of the redundancy by pointing out that and everything else. Okay, so not just everything you can think of in a logical way, but then also stuff that doesn't even make sense to solve the problem, just like everything you could think of, right? But everything you could think of and then some. Um, but I always think of this as like the punchline in, in, in cartoons is always like, it threw everything but the kitchen sink. And then like the kitchen sink gets thrown at them and like that's the joke, right? Right. This is one of these great idioms where you can use it as everything but the kitchen sink, but it also is used everything and the kitchen sink, but they both mean pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah, okay. Um, and so the, the origin has a couple of, of theories, right? Uh, that the kitchen sink is connected to the pipes of the walls of your house, so it would be nearly impossible for someone perhaps uh, robbing a home to take the actual sink because it's connected to the house, okay. right? So the, they could take everything in the room except for the sink. So everything but the kitchen sink. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. And then 
I guess I guess that is one case where the idiom everything and the kitchen sink. I mean, does it also work, or at that point, are you complimenting the robbery? <laughs> oh, see that? Oh, they even took the kitchen. They even took the roast beast. Oh, it was right. incredible. Everything that they did that was amazing. Maybe. So here's here's another theory that this actually comes from the Sears and Robux catalog. Yes, this is a big deal. Um, and if you're if you're not familiar, we should do a show on this. But if you're not familiar. It was the first advertisement of its kind that was an entire catalog of literally everything that one might need in a home of that time. Uh, It was circulating in America, uh, in the U.S., in around 1888. And it was so prolific. The catalog was so immense that they it was often used as toilet roll. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Cuz okay. it just kept going and going and going. Um and so for nearly 40 years the advertisement for the catalog was everything is included even the kitchen sink. Because Sears and Roebuck also sold homes. They sold full fully fab houses huh from this catalog you could just go i mean it's almost like the original amazon right you could just go and order the entire the entire house you you pick out the model you want and they send it all to you in pieces wow i normally come out of these like what two possible theories where i'm like i think it's that one but one is very much everything but the kitchen sink and every, the other one is everything and the kitchen sink. Makes complete sense to me. Maybe it's Teresa. What if it's both? Uh, yes. Okay, great. We will accept that. We will accept that it's both. Now, this idiom made me think of one that I need. To, I'm going to like give you a fill in the blank, right? Okay. Because I have heard so many different people phrase it a different way. If you were going to say all of the people were there, you would say... It was everyone and their blank. Uh, well, I would say everyone, everyone and their brother. Okay, great, thank you. I've heard everyone and their dog before, where I'm like, that doesn't make any sense within the con. That it's supposed to be everyone and their brother, which is the ridiculous part of the statement to show how many people it was. Because if right. everyone was there, the brother would be there too. So it's everyone and their brother. And when I hear people say like everyone and their dog, I'm like, that means nothing. Now well, I need everyone mm-hmm. to tweet at Schmiederscast and let me know which one you always said or always heard. Is it because not everyone has a has a brother, but everyone loves dogs? Is that I mean, it? but not everyone skins cats either, but we still say more than one way to skin a cat. It's the idiom is everyone and their brother. Or everyone in <laughs> their, I don't know, dad. Everyone in their I've best also friend. heard everyone and their mother. Okay, I'll accept but, that one as well. I mean, that makes more sense to me because mother and brother sound similar. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. Chip on your shoulder. So this, uh, now when I think of this, I always think of it as like someone who thinks they're better than someone else. But I've also heard it used a lot as like someone who uh, is like looking for an argument or they're maybe a little like, uh, you know, huffy. A little uh, easy to annoy 
something like that. Um, I don't, I don't know if I've heard of it as someone who is easy to to anger. I'm thinking more of someone who is ready to antagonize others. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in there, right? But I always think of chip on your shoulders, like thinking you're better than everyone else. That's what I thought, but I think that that's in there, right? Yeah. Because if you're if you're ready to kind of like uh, to use another idiom to poke the bear, uh huh, then uh, I think that maybe you think that you are, you know, you're you're infallible. Oh, okay, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Hey, and listen, take it from us. Leave bear poking to the professionals. <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm going to be the one to poke the bear. I didn't need to go to seven years of bear poking school to do it myself. Leave it to the professionals. It's such a strong, it's like an important skill set to have. And you think you know how to do it, but without the right tools and the right skills, it's just going to end up being messy. So please leave bear poking to the professionals. So like many of our idioms, there seem to be a couple of origin stories in the same way as many comic book heroes. Um, the first one being uh, the chip on your shoulder is a, um, a schoolyard game. Mm. I had never heard this. But it's like a literal thing, right? A literal thing where in the 19th century in the United States, if a boy wanted to start a fight, just fight. I just want to fight with anybody. The game would be he would put an actual wood chip from the ground onto his shoulder and then would walk around and dare other kids to knock the chip off his shoulder. And then that would basically be like your duel. You're accepting the duel. I wonder if that also is tied to knock your block off. Oh, maybe. Right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to knock your block off your shoulder. Oh. Write it down. Okay. We shall, we shall look. Uh, the other one, mm, the other one sounds a little less plausible to me. Uh, chips used to be the slang for the leftover pieces of wood left on shipping docks. And when ships were made out of wood and docks were made out of wood, mm -hmm. it does seem that there would be a lot left over. And one of the perks of being a dock worker was that if there was leftover wood around, you could you could take it. You could take it home. Use it for firewood or use it to build your own stuff or whatever, right? Um, but in May of 1753, the management of these docks uh, decreed that only chips that could be carried under an arm were allowed to be removed. They didn't like that all of their materials were being absconded with. Okay. And it stands to reason that you could stack bigger and more pieces on top of your shoulder where there's kind of like infinite upward room than you could underneath where I guess if you're going to hold something, you really only have the length of your arm to uh, to to be the limit, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so, chip on your shoulder became a phrase if you were a dock worker carrying a piece of lumber on your shoulder. It was a sign that you were instigating a fight against the management, and it may have actually been the reason, one of the reasons, that the dock workers went on strike that year. 
Interesting. Once again, maybe it's both, right? Maybe it right. started of like dock workers doing it in the 19th century or in the 1700s. And then like little boys emulating that kind of stuff when they, you know, in the 19th century. Maybe. 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 Now this next one is tie the knot, right? Which seems, it's like getting married, right? And right. this is from Alex's list. And I haven't looked at the origin, but it seems pretty obvious to me that it would have to be like, it's tying lives together, right? It's making that bond, right? Right. Uh, but specifically, this is related to marriage in the way of an, an old custom called hand fasting. Excuse me? Hand fasting. Oh, uh, where your hand didn't eat for a while? Nah. nah. Well, you're actually tying cords or ribbons around two people's hands to bind them together. Ah, uh, like quite, a three-legged race. You Exactly. Except <laughs> it's hands, arms. Not, yeah, not yeah, legs. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. You literally tie a knot around them to make them stay together. But not like forever, right? Eventually no, no, you no, no. It's, it's symbolic. It's, okay. It's, I mean, they literally did it, but it's symbolic. And it is a big part of Celtic culture and also used today in pagan practices and Wicca and even, you know, some m even more mainstream religious marriages are incorporating this symbolism. But that is literally what it is, tying the knot tying a knot around your hands in the marriage ceremony came to mean tying the knot as marriage. Uh, can I, wait, I'm gonna jump, can I jump to one? This is an international one, but it's one that's really close to my heart. Okay. Um, and it is, let me see, hold on. Uh, Ryan C. Ryan C. wrote about the origin of uh God willing and the creek don't rise. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, which is something me and my brother say to uh, Appalachian idiom that basically is like, um, you know, if someone says, uh, are you going to go see that movie tomorrow? And you're like, well, God willing and the creek don't rise. Yeah, I'll be able to. Right. It's like if all goes well. Yeah. Well, and this probably has to do with the the fact of like literally be being, being able to get there crossing the the creek has to do with you like being able to step on the stones and get across the water whereas if it floods the creek rises and you wouldn't be able to cross it because it would be a river there you go right right yes, yes. uh so it, it's uh we're relatively certain that it comes from benjamin hawkins uh, Hawkins was a senator, and he primarily worked as a mediator between indigenous nations and the U.S. government in the late 18th century. Uh, the president reached out to him at one point and asked him to come back to Washington, and Hawkins replied that he would, God willing, and the creek don't rise. And for a long time, people assumed that the phrase was about the creek tribal nation and not the body of water, which is not the case. Uh, now, some historians don't believe about that confusion, but he did have a relationship with the Creek Nation, and he did capitalize the sea, so that's where uh, the confusion comes from. And it is, as you said, literally about, you know, when a time of, like, dirt roads and, you know, fording creeks and rivers and streams and stuff like that. Uh, it is literally, I will, if I can, 
Um, and so Hawkins, uh, he's often credited as the first one who said the phrase, but he definitely isn't. The first recorded use of this phrase comes from a newspaper in 1851 that read, Feller citizens are not accustomed to public speaking. Speaking, excuse me, let me try again in my best Appalachian. Feller citizens, I'm not accustomed to public speaking before rich, highfalutin audiences, yet here I stand before you a speckled hermit, wrapped in the risen sun counterpane of my popularity, and intending providence permitting, and the creek don't rise, to go it blind. And that's from Graham's American Monthly Magazine, June 1851. Now, this is around the time God willing and Creek Don't Rise started making it into popular vernacular. So Alex thinks, and I agree, uh, that uh, Hawkins was being cheeky when he wrote this letter to the president uh, and he had a connection with the Creek people. And so that is, is why he was making a joke by capitalizing the C. Mm, and as, as Alex points out, it's not very funny. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's especially not funny to joke about a tribal nation rising up. But there, well, we're not saying Hawkins is a good guy. Just a statement of fact of what happened. Um, here, here's one that uh, was submitted uh, by B. Did you did you learn this in your in your foray into French? Uh, the phrase "c'est pas tes oignons." No, but it's some uh, is not. Let's see, it's not uh, onions. Nanya onions. Oh God, that's so good. <laughs> is it like none your business? Yeah, none of your business. Nanya right? onions. Tend tend to your own onions. Mind your own business. Hey, these aren't your onions. These are my onions. Mind your own onions, huh? That's right. Oh my God, Nun- that's this so is Nanya onions. That's, that's so what I like. good. Oh my god, I love that so much. That's right up there with what do you call cheese that isn't your cheese? Nacho cheese. There you go. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. I think that the reason that Nanya onions is so good is because of the rhyme, right? None of your business. Yeah, that's okay. It's fine. I like it, but Nanya onions is Picasso, right? It's great. Yeah. I got so confused by what you're... Nanya, <laughs> did Picasso say Nanya Onions is what I thought you were saying? <laughs> no, just just to, to, you know, try and get with the kids. Okay, let's run through. This is uh, from Jessica T, who sent in uh, a list of Australian vernacular uh, that I love very much. Flat out like a lizard drinking means going or working hard as possible. Which makes sense because a lizard, you think about... They probably, in order to drink from, like, the the ground, right, they need to get really, like, low to the ground. And they probably drink as much as they can when they find it. Probably. You know? Probably. Uh, a few kangaroos slash sheep lost slash missing in the top paddock. I think you can probably figure that out, so it's not all there. A few kangaroos missing in the top paddock. Uh, I love this one. Dog's breakfast. Uh, like use it a sentence would be it's a dog's breakfast after the flood and it means it's very messy or chaotic. Uh, oh, does. this is really good. I like that because you know you think about like like a puppy kind of like going all the way into the food dish, right? And just and like getting it everywhere. everywhere. Uh, 
or when our kids are feeding them and get a little over enthusiastic in <laughs> the pouring. Um, now, this one, Jessica T included this one. I thought this was universal, but this is another one where uh, if you have never heard this phrase before, please tweet at us and let us know because I'm super curious. Pull the wool over your eyes, which is like to trick someone, right? And it it's, uh, probably comes from sheep shearing said, so we can go deeper into it. But please let us know if that's said where you come from, and we'll go into that in a deeper meaning to find the uh, origin of. I'd like to try. I think that it has maybe two connotations of lying, right? Because when you're a wolf in sheep's clothing, you put wool on top of yourself, right? Like as yeah. the wolf is hiding, he's wearing a wool blanket. And then pull the wool over your eyes. I mean, when you have woven sheep wool into a cloth, you probably can't see through it very well. Because I could imagine if you were shearing, you could hold that up. Maybe you couldn't see through it. Oh, I don't wait, know. Hold There's on, so many possibilities. Now, okay. According uh, to the first thing I found on the internet. <laughs> okay, so wait. There's two different things I'm seeing here. One, the first explanation is that it was like pulling someone's hood down to distract them while you robbed them. Oh. And the other one is about judges in Europe who made war wigs out of wool. Uh and and it was like tricking them. Oh. There are so many. So many. This is a great one. This is uh one we haven't done before. And I like this one for personal reasons, because my best friend is named Michael Bradbury. But to do slash pull a Stephen Bradbury. Stephen Bradbury was the first Australian to win a Winter Olympics gold medal for Australia, which let's think about that for a second, right? Won a Winter Olympics medal from Australia, traditionally not a very snow and ice, uh, icy place, right? Uh, I would, I would beg to differ. I'm not saying that it's very snow and icy, but Australia has all four seasons, don't they? They're just different from our hemisphere. Anyway, sure. never mind. But uh, he came from last place to for an upset win. And so to pull a Bradbury is to win unexpectedly. I like that one. That has less to do with wool over your eyes, but I do appreciate that too. Hey, everyone, why don't you pull a Bradbury and do something <laughs> cool? Go to MaximumFun.org forward slash join. Support the art and artists you love. Artists like, uh, I don't know, me and Teresa, for example. Um, pick a support level that works for you. Become a supporter. Let us know. Tweet at us at Schmannerscast so we can say thank you. Uh, if you're already a supporter, you could think about upgrading or boosting your membership. Boosting is adding a couple of extra bucks to it. Uh, it won't take you up to the next level, but it will help support our show and keep it going for a long time to come. Um, you can also go onto whatever social media you prefer and tell everybody about Max Fun Drive. Make sure they know that link, MaximumFun.org slash joint. Teresa, is there anything you want to say to people about the Max Fun Drive? Well, I would like to say that um, your support means a lot to us. Uh, and it's not just about monetary contributions and support. It's also the support where you you share the show. 
uh, because if you if you don't feel like you can uh, you can support right now in a monetary way, you can always support us year round by sharing the show and introducing other people to it to listen to it. Well, there you go. Um, let's see. What's our normal wrap up? Uh, you've been no, not there yet. Thank you to Maximum <laughs> Fun, our podcast home. Obviously, uh, you can check out all the other Macroy projects at macroy.family. Uh, thank you to Alex, our researcher, without whom we would not be able to make this show. And thank you to Rachel Jacobs, our editor, without whom we would not be able to make this show. And thank you to you, our supporters and listeners, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Uh, let's see. What else, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brent of Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. We thank Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Uh, and again, our Twitter is at Cast. We thank Bruja Betty Pinup for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. And please, please, uh, we love your topic submissions. Do continue to submit those to schmannerscast at gmail.com. Alex reads every single one of those emails, so uh, say hello to Alex when you submit your topic or idiom. And that's going to do it for us, so join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.